0: May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. You can be seated. Thanks so much for being with us this evening and uh, making this part of your Christmas celebration. It's such a busy time of year, so thank you for taking the time out to be here and worship with us this evening. I did a little research on how Americans celebrate Christmas, what we look forward to during this time of year. Now, this is according to a a Pew Research poll done in uh, 2013. The number one thing that people look forward to this time of year is spending time with family and friends. We can understand that. According to this poll, 69% of people said that's what they look forward to the most about Christmas. Uh, This one was kind of interesting to me because when I was younger, uh, one of our traditions was to go Christmas caroling. And uh, even our church did that a couple of years ago. We went to Deerberg's, we went to Schnooks, and we, we went out to the public square and, and sang Christmas carols. It was an interesting experience. But according to this uh, Pew Research poll, only 16 adults surveyed plan to do that as a way to celebrate Christmas. So I think that's something of a, of a dying tradition, unfortunately. Now, according to this poll, guess how many people what percentage of people look forward to going to church as part of their Christmas celebration? 50%? 25%? It was 11%. So um, I want to thank the 11% for their support tonight. If you're part of that 11%, thank you for being here. If you're part of the 89%, thanks for showing up. You know, whatever else you do to celebrate Christmas... We are here this evening to remember the real reason for Christmas, that Christ was born. And I hope that you make this personal tonight, because when the angel of the Lord talked to the shepherds, he made it personal when he announced the birth of Jesus, didn't he? When he said, for unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. Yes, Jesus was born for the nation of Israel. Yes, Jesus was born for all people. The angel says that this is good news of great joy for all people. Christianity is not an ethnic-based religion. It is a global religion. It is a universal religion. It is for all people. The salvation that Jesus brings is for everybody. But the angel made it personal to these shepherds, these lowly, humble shepherds who were kind of at the bottom of the totem pole when it came to social class. And he said, shepherds, to you, unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior. And I want you to think about it as if Christ were addressing you this morning or this evening. I was born for you. I want you to think about it as if the angel of the Lord was speaking to you this evening. You can put your name there. For unto you, unto you, Bob, unto you, Sarah. Today, in the city of David, Christ was born Savior and Lord. Well, in those three titles that the angel gives the shepherds, we discover the true meaning of Christmas. And this is the reason we celebrate the birth of this baby. He is Savior. He is Savior. What did He come to save us from? Well, the Scripture is clear. He came to save us from our sin. And this is the greatest problem that we have. Sin is our greatest problem as human beings. And we see it all the time, don't we? We've seen some terrible things just in the last week or so. The Christmas bombing in Berlin. People celebrating Christmas and 12 of them were dead, killed in that terrible, uh, tragic terrorist attack in Berlin. We read about South Sudan, possibly on the brink of a genocidal war. Here in the U.S., we read statistics about the rate of teenage suicides beginning to increase and the exponential increase in opioid addiction. And there are, of course, a lot of factors that contribute to these terrible things that are happening in our world today. But underneath them all is the problem of the human heart. Our heart needs to be changed. The heart of the human problem is the problem of the human heart, somebody said. And sin, in essence, is turning from God. It's turning from a relationship with God in our heart. And whether it's those large-scale issues that we see globally and in our community, or whether it's problems that we see in our own life and our family, relationships ruptured, difficulties that can't be reconciled in family life, The problem, the core issue is sin. But the good news is that this babe born in Bethlehem is Savior. He came to save people from sin. His death on the cross was the sacrifice for for sin and it removes our guilt and shame so that we have a way of being forgiven by God. And He saves us from the power of sin by changing our hearts. So brothers and sisters, friends, Unto you is born this day in the city of David. a Savior who can reconcile you with God. And then the angel said that he is Christ. Christ is the Greek word for Messiah. This Jewish term which means God's anointed one. That's what Messiah means. God's anointed one. God's anointed king. And throughout the Old Testament there are prophecies that God is going to send his king. And his throne will endure forever. And he will come from the line of David. That's why we have all these references to David in this passage from Luke. Because the Messiah was to come from the line of David. And Jesus, this baby, fulfills the ancient prophecy that he is the Messiah. By the way, I discovered this in my study this week. And I had never come across this. Or maybe it's one of those things I learned a long time ago and forgot. But did you know that During the time of Christ, this term Messiah was not thrown around very much. In fact, one New Testament scholar, very prominent scholar named Raymond Brown, says this. That in all of Jewish literature before A.D. 130, there is no evidence that any living Jew was ever referred to as the Messiah, except Jesus of Nazareth. This is not a term the Jews just use lightly. The disciples saw something in Jesus Christ. They heard his authoritative teaching. They saw his miracles. They witnessed him dying on the cross as an act of sacrificial love. And then they encountered him risen on the third day. And they were convinced that he was indeed the Messiah. He's Savior. He is Messiah. And then perhaps most shocking of all, the angels tell these lowly shepherds, he is Christ The Lord. He is the Lord. He is God. He is our Emmanuel. God with us. And that's the incredible mystery and miracle of Christmas. That this little baby that the shepherds go to see. This little baby that the shepherds go to see. Let's just say for the sake of imagination. A six pound four ounce baby. With olive skin. And dark hair. And dark eyes. This little baby lying in a feeding trough is God incarnate. God expressed in human form. The point I want to make friends is this. I know it's been a very hectic week. I, I've watched my, my wife bear the brunt of this preparing for Christmas and many ladies and moms and grandmas and of course some, some dads and grandpas get involved too as we go hunting for gifts and you've got to get the house ready for the the guests that are coming. Students are finishing up finals this week. They've studied a great deal. It's been a stressful week. But don't let this Christmas pass you by without hearing God say to you, unto you this day is born a Savior, Christ the Lord. Make it personal. Make it personal. Somebody said if you don't have Christmas in your heart, you're not going to find it under a Christmas tree. All the accoutrements, all the activities surrounding it, it's great. But the essence of Christmas is this babe born in Bethlehem who offers salvation to us. And you're not going to find real joy, everlasting joy, the everlasting joy of Christmas, except in Jesus Christ. The angels tell the shepherds who the baby is, and then the angel tells the shepherd where to find the baby. It's a particular baby, and there's a particular sign. This will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And I suppose the shepherds needed this sign because Jesus maybe wasn't the only newborn born in Bethlehem that night. But it was only this particular baby who was the Messiah, the Savior. And the point I want to make here is that, you know, in this culture, a lot of people are attracted to sort of a vague spirituality and I can understand that there's some truth that God reveals himself in different ways and God can speak to us in different ways and that's attractive but God has chosen listen God has chosen to reveal his salvation God has chosen to speak to us definitively in this particular baby his love is expressed in personal and particular ways through the Christ child. And that's how real love is, isn't it? Real love is personal, and real love is particular. I mean, let me just give you kind of a goofy illustration of that. Imagine if I were to say to my wife, this year, honey, I'm not going to get you a Christmas gift. Now, I did get her a Christmas gift. But imagine I said, I'm not going to make it personally, I'm not going to give it personally to you. Instead, I'm going to give it to Women. I want to honor women in general. I want to honor the woman as a concept. And so there's a gift under the tree for woman. Well, that wouldn't go over so well. I can tell you that. It's ridiculous. Why is it when it comes to God, many people like the idea that God is impersonal. That he hasn't revealed himself in any particular way. That God is Everywhere that God is this energy or force or a higher being. And he hasn't expressed his love in a particular and personal way. But Christmas says no. God has come to us in this Christ child. That's what real love does. All love is local. And love is expressed particularly and personally. And this is what God's love looks like. The Messiah, the king in a feeding trough. Jesus, the carpenter who touches the untouchable, who raises the dead. This is the particular way God has revealed His love. Christ crucified on a cross, circa A.D. 33, on a hill called Golgotha, just outside the walls of Jerusalem. And then Christ risen victorious over the grave, three days later. So 2,000 years ago, God came to us in a very personal way, And he calls for this personal response and he says to all of us, unto you is born this day, a savior, a Messiah, Christ, the Lord, Emmanuel, God with us. And so, brothers and sisters, we are here today to join with the the shepherds when they encountered Christ, they saw this child lying there just as it was told to them. We are here this evening to join their glorifying God and praising God for what he's given us. And for those of you who know Jesus as Lord and Savior, that's what this is about. We join with the shepherds and give glory and praise to God. But if you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus like this, if you've not made Christmas personal, if you've not received this gift personally into your heart, If you're not sure that everything is right with God and that your sins are forgiven. If you don't know that you have a relationship with God that's going to endure for eternity. If you sense emptiness even though you're filled with all the comforts of life. If you sense a need for transcendent meaning and purpose in life or hope in the midst of suffering. Friend, today unto you is born a Savior, Christ the Lord. Don't let this Christmas pass you by without personally receiving this gift. That can change your life. It's changed mine. It's changed many people in this room. We can testify to the life-changing power and love of God revealed in Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's pray. Gracious God, I do thank you for this gift once again. And this opportunity. And I do pray, Lord, if there's anyone here who is sensing you drawing them to you, that they will reach out. They will reach out and receive this gift of your son, Jesus Christ. Friends, there's in the back of our bulletin on the 25th page are some prayers. And maybe somebody wants to pray one of these prayers. Here's a prayer of repentance and faith. And you can pray this along with me if you would like to put your faith in Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, you don't have to say this out loud, just you can say it after me in your heart. Lord Jesus Christ, I confess my faults, shortcomings, sins, and rebellious acts, and I ask you to forgive me. I embrace you, Lord Jesus, as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for your atoning death on the cross in obedience to your Father's will to put away my sins. I enthrone you, Lord Jesus, to be in charge of every part of my life. And I ask you to indwell and empower me by your Holy Spirit that I may live as your faithful follower from now on. Amen. Here's another prayer for the inquirer. Somebody who's not yet ready to, to take this step of faith. But this is getting us a response, a step closer to responding in full faith. This is a great prayer. Oh God, I'm beginning to believe in your reality. Help my unbelief. I long to understand all that it means to be loved, known, and forgiven by you and to be made whole and at peace with you, others, and myself and your creation. Help me to better understand Jesus Christ, who he is and what he's done. Have mercy on me and open my eyes to all that you are and draw me closer to you, I pray. Amen.